I was using his waders, but there always was a leak, and uh, so I got baptized every time. Y'all okay today? This is a National Back to Church Sunday. We tried to promote that a little bit, let you know, but actually every Sunday should be that, amen? Every Sunday we ought to be uh, inviting people to come. Um, somebody you invited came, right? Noe? Where's Noe? Noe, Noe, Noe. In the overflow? Okay, listen, here's the deal, guys. The overflow is for the overflow. And we, we've got lots of chairs in here, so ushers, beware. Try to get them all in here because I can see them in here. Yeah, I like to see who I'm preaching to. Anybody in the overflow room? Okay. Are y'all going to be good? Okay. You're not going to be getting up and talking and running around getting donuts? Okay. Yeah, no donuts. We put those things up, man. Well, it's funny because we get people in here, then we give them cookies and donuts and desserts and expect them, bless you, we expect them to, to sit still. So I don't believe that study that sh- says sugar makes you get, get, you know, going and revved up. I just choose not to believe that. <laughs> Agree? See, we come in agreement with all sorts of things. Oh, my kid has a cookie. He's just going to go nuts. Well, hey, don't speak that over your kid. Give him a cookie and speak peace to him. Or don't give him a cookie. <laughs> Use wisdom. Is today the day of the movable camera? Or is it just going to be? It is? Well, I'm going to try not to move too much to get put you guys out back there. How many of you ever watched this on live stream before? Wow. That's not an excuse for staying home. You understand? I have people as a pastor I couldn't make the church, but I watched you on live stream. So, all right. We're glad you're here this morning. Um, it's going to be a good day. It's already been a good day. Amen. My wife said, you know, we, we don't just come to church uh, to get ready to sing. We come to church to get ready to battle. We come into this place because I know uh, I was praying for people that I had invited because I know the enemy likes to stop whatever God's trying to start. Y'all agree? So you might have invited some people, and they're not here today. Listen, the enemy's probably, they, they're probably jacking up their car right now trying to get their flat fixed because that's what the enemy does. He tries to intrude on our lives and tries to stop the things of God that God wants to do in our lives. Understand? So next time you invite somebody, don't just invite them. Say, hey, come to my church. It's really nice. You'll like the pastor. Well, you might not like the pastor, but come to our church and uh, uh, just show up. Listen, you need to go to battle for them. You need to go to battle for them. Because, listen, when you come in here, I'm not saying this is you're going to get everything. You, well, you will. You'll get everything you ever need if you get Jesus. So get your friends here. Get your enemies here. Get your coworkers here. Get them into the house of God somewhere where they're speaking the truth. Amen? Okay, so today we're in our third series, our third sub-series <laughs> of the other series on, the, on uh, restoring the kingdom. And this is... Part 18, if you're counting, I think it's 18. And uh, how was the video? Did y'all watch the video? Because I, I was back there, I couldn't see it. And, uh, but I know what it was. It's about multiplication today. Kingdom math. The last t- two Sundays we've done addition, subtraction, and today we're doing multiplication. 
I didn't really want on, on the national invite the peop- people to church Sunday to do the one on division. You know, I, I want to do the one on multiplication today because that's what we're about is multiplicating. Multiplicating. <laughs> that's a new word, Brandon. Did you get that, Brandon? Multiplicating. Okay. Uh, multiplication. Kingdom multiplication. You know, Jesus does things in great magnitude. We do them sometimes step by step, and a little thing here, a little. God likes to do things big. He's a big God. Why wouldn't he want to do things big, right? Can I get an amen in there in the overflow? Just checking. Okay. Turn to Matthew 28. I don't, I'm sure if you're a Christian, you've been a Christian very long, you know this, this passage. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came. And spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Say go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who did we baptize? These two ladies. (laughs) Joretta and Susan. Who did we baptize them in the name of? Father, Son. And the Holy Spirit. Okay. Therefore, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. See, a lot of times we just said, well, just baptize them. They're good. They got their ticket to heaven. That's all that we're about. That was not the commandment of Jesus Christ before he left this earth. He said, go make disciples, baptize them, teach them. Everything that he commanded. He commanded a lot of things, church. Go back and read the red in your Bible and see what Jesus commanded. It, it wasn't just love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two biggies. That's the two he said to do for sure. All the other ones come under that. But he said many things for us to do, to be about. He said, listen, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Okay? And, and so I just want you to understand If we're not a church that's teaching and making disciples, we really aren't doing what God commanded us to do through His Son, Jesus Christ. We're just another organization. We might feed some people. We might might help some people. We might get them off the streets for two hours on Sunday. But we're not a church if we're not teaching, if we're not making disciples, and if we're not teaching the Word of God. The whole counsel of God. Not just a few verses, but the whole counsel. So these three, these three verses, what are they traditionally called wherever you come from? The Great Commission. Say the Great Commission. All right, would you say that this is a commandment or a suggestion? I heard somebody say suggestion. <laughs> is this a suggestion or a commandment? Okay. Many people like to go, well, that was just for those guys then. That was for those 11. Let me t- let me, let's stop right there. If that was just for those 11, and they did what they were supposed to do, but the ones that they taught didn't do it because they said that was just for that 11, the church would have stopped 2,000 years ago. Think about that. Because we go, oh, that was those guys. Man, they were special. Jesus called them out, and he had them for three years, and he taught them. And listen, that, that was great that they could go and do those things. But listen, it was just for them. What do you think they were teaching the other people that they were teaching? Go, therefore, and make disciples. 
Go, therefore, teach them to obey, baptize them, do all of these things. Because if they were to stop with that group and the group that they taught had not gotten the word, gotten the message, we wouldn't be here today. Think about it. Okay. So they did exactly what Jesus said to do. They obeyed. They taught what Jesus commanded. They, in turn, had some this mandate. They went and they made disciples and so on 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 until you and me are sitting here today, Debbie. Because somebody else heard this mandate and said, I'll do that. Somebody you've led to Christ, listen, they're here because somebody before you, your mama or your daddy or a preacher or your coworker, talked to you and led you to Christ. And the, the obligation of us as we lead people to Christ is to either teach them ourselves or bring them where they can get taught. That's why we have this. We're, we're not here for happenstance. We're not here to sing a few good songs. I mean, I think this, the worship was powerful this morning. But if that's all we do is sing, and we don't go, and we don't teach the word and the truth of the word, if we don't disciple you on Monday night and Wednesday night and in our homes, and as we are going, we've missed the mark, guys. So the question is, how can we, how can you and I go and make disciples? What would make us, these little old Americans or whatever, think that we could do anything like those guys did? What? Because, see, that's what a lot of people do. They come and sit in the church pew because they don't think, I, I can't do that. I can't witness to anybody. I, I can't tell anybody. Gee, I, I cannot bring them to church, but I, I can't disciple anybody. Well, are you kidding me, Pastor? Well, again, the word is not just for the apostles. It's not just for the disciples. It's not just for preachers. It's for you and me. So in turn, those 11 went to the upper room. How many were in the upper room? 120. Okay, and we're going to find out that it keeps multiplying as we go through this passage. Okay, he says in verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. Let's stop with all authority, okay? Jesus was saying that because he has all authority on heaven and earth, he has the right to command us to go. These guys, listen, we like to put these guys in a different box and say they were all this in a bag of chips. They weren't. He was saying, I can take 11 guys that betrayed me, that denied me, that abandoned me, that did everything but follow me at the, at the, at the crucifixion. And then they ran off and went back to their, their, prior, uh, their prior jobs. Peter went back to fishing, and Jesus had to show up, and he had to tell them, it's, it's about the church. I want you to feed my sheep, Peter. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep if you love me. He took all this ragtag group of guys. He said, I want you to go change the world. He had the authority to say that, and they understood that authority, even though they didn't understand the calling yet. He wasn't kidding. And then he said, to, because I have this authority, I want you to go do this, this, and this. And then he ends it by saying, and guess what, guys? I'm going to be with you the whole time. Now, if he hadn't said that, they might have just flew the coop. You know what I'm saying? When he, when he ascended to heaven and he left them there, and they're looking up and going, whoa, you just told us to, to go and change the world and you're leaving? I mean, if I was there, I'd pray, get, get back down here. <laughs> hey, well, you're not leaving yet. And he just, shoo, 
transcended, defied gravity because he created gravity and ascended to his father. But he didn't leave us alone. And even in the Great Commission, he says, lo, I am with you always, not just for now, but for the end of the age. So listen, guys, this morning, God, God has the authority. Jesus had the authority to command them. He has the authority to command you. And he's commanded you by his word. So if you leave here today and you think, man, that was a good sermon. I hope the pastor goes and teaches and commands and does all that. And I baptize. Listen, you missed it. It's for you. Say it's for me. Okay. Now turn to Luke 24. There's three things I want you to get today. When we talk about kingdom multiplication, three things. Luke 24, verse, verse 46. This is a continuation of what Jesus spoke to them when he said, Go ye therefore. Okay? Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with what? Power from on high. So I want you to write this down. Authority, power, and obedience, when combined, bring about kingdom multiplication. Authority, power, and this little thing called obedience, when combined, bring about kingdom multiplication. Listen, those guys are just like you and me. They saw Jesus leave. He told them to go to what we understand now is the upper room. He said, go and wait for the promise. Did they have a choice? You better believe it. They could say, well, <laughs> that's cool, Jesus. I mean, I, leaving like that is awesome, but, man, I, I've got to go back. I've got a job. I've got to take care of my family. You know, I haven't finished school yet. I haven't filled in the blank yet. I haven't got my life in order yet. I haven't become perfect yet. And, and you want us to go and do what? I want you want to go wait for something? We don't even know what you're talking about. You just go wait for the, the promise? And this is what he said. Yeah, go wait for the promise. Wait for the power. And guys, they simply obeyed what Jesus said. Simple obedience. They knew, hey, if we're going to do this deal, we really got to go all the way with Jesus. You know, I don't think it's going to happen, guys. I, I can just imagine their conversation as they were heading to the upper room and the other disciples were following them. You see, there were more than just 11. There were a lot of them. And it ended up in the upper room, there were 120. So we've got multiplication working. Okay? 11 guys talked to the other 100 and... Somebody help me there. 111? 109? Okay. Boy, I need to work on my math. Where's the math teachers today? Uh, they talked the other, they shared the word, and they took 120 to the upper room. So it went from how many? 11 to 120. Kingdom multiplication. That's why we invited, we ask you to invite somebody to come with you today. Listen, if everybody in here, and I don't know how many we have today, but if everybody in this building brought one person, guess what our multiplication would be? 
double. Double. Say double. Does that seem that far reaching? Does it? Does it really seem that far reaching? Come on. No, no. Ten days they stayed in that upper room. I'm sure it was nice and the air conditioning was good. Sure the food, I'm sure they had a buffet like none other. Just hanging out in the upper room, singing Kumbaya. No man, they were in there they were in there on their face for ten days. What's this promise, God? See, they didn't know it was gonna be ten days. He just said, Go wait. Some of you, you know how long you want to wait? Two minutes. Okay, God, I need to hear from you now, Lord. <laughs> Speak to me. I'm in this terrible financial condition. Come on, God. Where is it? I'm checking my bank account. I've looked online. There's no money in there yet. Come on. We don't rush God. and We don't want to wait on him. We don't want to get on our faces before him. We don't want to get in the word before him. God said, why do you want things so quickly? When I told these people to go wait 10 days for something they didn't know was coming. They had no idea what it was going to be like. Acts 2, look at it. After the Holy Spirit came, you can read that chapter later. After the Holy Spirit came and it fell upon them in power, in power, Peter got up and preached. Guess how many sermons Peter had preached before that day? Say zero. Oh, so you could actually preach to somebody without having seminary. You could actually tell somebody about Jesus without having your life exactly in order. Couldn't you? Okay. I'm just asking. I want you to understand this is not about a preacher and it's not about a staff. It's not about elders. It's about you. It's about all of us. So Peter gets up. He's baptized in the Holy Spirit. The uh, flaming tongues of fire came and sat upon each one in the upper room. And they had no clue what was going on except, man, they were different. They were changed. And all these people in Jerusalem, remember where Jesus said to go first? Where? Jerusalem. Say it, Jerusalem. Say, go to Jerusalem. They're in Jerusalem. Jesus is like, I want to give them the easy one first. <laughs> okay, guys, he said to go to, oh, we're here. And they're here. They're coming to us. Just so happened on the day of the, of the Feast of Pentecost, they were all there together. From all over the world, they had come. All the Jewish people, all the, that believed in, in uh, Jehovah God were there that day, and they heard these people speaking in other tongues. And they said, these guys are ignorant. How can they speak in their, my language? I'm hearing them in my language. I know these guys don't know 20 languages. And they heard these languages, and they began to go, wow, we need to hear more. Look at verse 40. With many words, Peter testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved. From this perverse generation, would y'all say our generation is perverse? Okay, he replies. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about three people were added to the church. How many? How many? One sermon from a guy that don't know how to preach? 3,000 people? Must have been more than Peter that showed up there that day. Must have been God. The words were pouring out of his mouth. I guarantee you he had no sermon notes. He had no three-point sermon. He had no PowerPoint. Had no video introduction. Just had the Holy Spirit. 
3,000. Listen, if that's not kingdom multiplication, I don't know what is. And listen to what they did, guys. I want you to understand. We're going back to the Great Commission. That's our scripture text for today. I want you to see what they did. They didn't just get a lot of people saved. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. No, no grand scheme, no programs. They just said, let's get the word out, guys. Let's begin to study the word. They didn't even have the New Testament. They were writing it as, we, as, they, as they studied. They were getting out the word of God. They were, they were going back to the Old Testament. Duh. They were being exhorted by the apostles. They were teaching them. They were breaking bread together. They were teaching them to obey the commandments. They were teaching them about all the things that Jesus had said to them while, they, while he was on the earth. And they were soaking it up. They were soaking it up. Because God saw their heart change, you know, they didn't pray any sinner's prayer. The Lord added to the church daily those that are being saved. Hmm. The disciples had the authority. They had the power. And they were obedient. The new converts were baptized. They were taught doctrine. They fellowship. They prayed together. They worshiped together. And multiplication continued. Turn to Acts 4. Overflow room. Y'all doing good? Okay. I want you to see what the church looked like. And the church should still look like. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came, up, came upon them. Those are what we call religious people. Being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day. For it was already evening. Stop right there. I'm telling you. It's already here. You know what I'm talking about? It's already here. If you speak the truth, even in love, there are going to be people that are going to go, uh-uh. I, I was very saddened this week. I was reading the newspaper about Craig James. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He was hired to work, for, he was, he was hired as, uh, to work as a sportscaster, sportscaster for Fox Sports, a new channel they got. They hired him one day, and they fired him the next. Because somebody said he doesn't represent our values because he believes in heterosexual marriage and he's against abortion. So we really can't have him talking about sports scores. What do you think? Is that perverted? Do we live in a perverse generation? 
He ran for Congress a couple of years ago. He, he's a Texan. He was running, and I think the Cruz guy beat him. But he, he was asked questions about what he believed. And he said, man, I believe in Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. And I believe that abortion is wrong. And I believe that homosexual marriage is wrong, that we can't endorse that as a country. I believe that is the beginning of the end for us. And so when they, they saw these sound bites of things that he believed, they said, no, 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 we can't hire you. You're radical. Misha was digging up some uh, statistics. Did you know on the radar of the government, radical Christians are up there at the upper level of uh, people that they think could be terrorists in this country? You're being watched if you're a radical Christian. See, these guys are healing people. Raised the guy up, and he said, they said, man, we don't have anything, man. But what, what, we, we don't have silver or gold to give you, buddy. And he's crippled, man, laying at the, that, the gate, beautiful. They said, but in the name of Jesus, just rise up and walk. And he did, and they, they arrested him. How many of you prayed for somebody on the job? Guess what? Somebody else is looking. You teachers, if you go and you want to pray for a student, somebody's watching. Somebody's listening. You ready to go to jail for your faith? Look at verse 4. I love this. This is about multiplication, remember? However, many of those who heard the word, and this is after these guys have been arrested, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. You persecute Christians, the church is going to grow if Christians rise to the occasion. It's going to grow. Back me in a corner, you have to, but listen, a lot of Christians need to be backed into a corner. See what you really believe. The disciples had the authority, they had power, and they were obedient. Persecution came. But they were faithful, and multiplication continued. Acts 6, verse 7, the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests, go get, man, that, isn't that crazy? Priests were getting saved. Great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. You talk about lose your job quickly? I mean, Donald Trump would have been really busy when those priests got saved. You're fired, you're fired, you're fired. You can't go into the temple and preach Jesus. No, no, no. Even though we've been preaching him for thousands of years and prophesying about him. No, don't, don't be preaching about Jesus. See, you know, in America, I, it's coming to this, guys. I just believe it. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I think when we get put in a place where we have to stand up, the church is going to radically grow. Go look at China. Man, the underground church, it's the fastest growing church in the world. That's a good plug for Wednesday night. We have some, ch uh, we have some missionaries from China that will be here Wednesday night to share. Randy Levins, uh, they're good friends with Randy and Sean Levins. And they're in the States for just a little while, but they're going to share about what's going on in China. So I encourage you to be here. People have laid their life on the line for Jesus. Look at Acts 
the Great Commission is just coming alive right in front of them. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were what? Multiplied. You see how it's spreading? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And if you read to the end, you find out that it goes to the uttermost parts of the world. All the way to San Angelo, Texas. To me, this blows me away. He spoke that over these guys, 11 guys. Come on with me. 11 guys. Guys, this is what you're going to do. Can you believe this? this? Can you believe what I'm telling you guys, 11 of you? Can you believe that this is going to happen? Yes, Jesus, we believe. Then go and wait 10 days, baptized in the Holy Spirit with power to be witnesses. And then they went out and they shared. And they were persecuted and they shared some more. They, they healed the sick and raised the dead and they were persecuted some more. And they continued to multiply and grow. They had to leave their own hometown. They had to go to the uttermost parts of the world. Listen, they were forced out of Jerusalem. Some of you need to be forced out of your comfort zone today. Some of you live this little sheltered, bubbled Christian life, and you're not willing to step out of the bubble and break through and get to the place where God wants you to be. And if you don't think it's bad now, it's going to get worse, and you better be ready, church. That's why I preach what I preach. It's not an easy Christianity. It's not an easy believism. It's, listen, we are warriors on the front lines. And listen, all around this city, if you haven't been paying attention, there is death. There is murder. Are we praying, church? Are we watching? Are we on the walls? Or we just read the headlines, oh, that's just so sad. Oh, that is so sad. No, we've got to go to battle for Christ, for the city, to bring them to Christ. Some of you are excited about that. The disciples had the authority, the power, and they were obedient. Go back to Acts 1.8. Probably one of the most quoted scriptures in charismatic churches in the world. But you shall receive what? Power. Say power. power. Can't say power that power. Power. You shall receive power. What when when what happens? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what was the reason he wanted to endue them with power? What was the reason? Let's read it, the rest of it. And you shall be witnesses to me. That's Jesus in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth all the way to San Angelo, Texas. That's not in there. I just added that. And, and uh, you know, this is not a pep rally. Go, go, yeah, let's get out there and do it. you gotta be in, you got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you go out there without the Holy Spirit, you get cut to shreds. You don't, if you don't go out there with your sword, you get cut up. You don't go out there in prayer. You get, if you don't have the armor on, listen, 
But I'm asking you, if you're willing to do that, God's got what you need to do that. He's already given it to us. Some of you are thinking, wow, that is cool. Or, wow, I'm never going back to that church. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. I want you to go back to Matthew 28. I want to show you something. If you think you can't do this thing. You think you're, and I understand the context I'm saying it. I know we can't do anything without Christ. But he chooses people to do that. But you've got to be a, a willing, yielding vessel. Go back to Matthew 28. And this just blew me away. Verse 16 and 17. Then the 11 disciples, this is before he gave them the Great Commission. One verse before. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Think about that. Some doubted, Josh. That word doubt means to stand in two ways. Uncertainty with which way to take. Okay, get this picture. Jesus had just res been resurrected. They had felt, they had looked at where the, 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 the nails were. They had seen where had been, the spear had been gouged into his side. They knew that he could walk through walls because the doors were locked and they were in the room and whew, he shows up. And he taught for 40 40 days, Jesus, after the resurrection, for 40 days, he taught. You know what he taught? Kingdom of God. Talked about, talk, taught the kingdom. 40 days, he taught the kingdom. And then he says, guys, come, come out to me. Come with me. I'm going to the mountain. Follow me out here. And they go to the mountain with Jesus. Some of them praised him. Some of them worshipped him. And some of them went, man, I don't know about this thing. I'm just not certain yet. Not sure. Yeah, I think we have a lot of Christians that are just like that. They're just not sure yet. They're still divided in a lot of their, their thinking. And the Bible says if you're double-minded, guess what? God really can't use you. He just can't. So don't suppose you'll get anything from God if you're double-minded. If every way, if you're this way and that way, if you're a roller coaster, he, can, he, wants, you to be, he wants you to be sold out. But he said, if you are... Follow me to the upper room. Go to the upper room. Walk in obedience. When we walk in obedience, we allow the authority of God, to, we submit to his authority, and he fills us with the power, we will be his witnesses. Won't he be a, it won't even be an option. It won't even be an option. You'll just, you just will. If, if you abide in him, if, if you abide in him, guess what? You're going to produce fruit. That's just how the kingdom works. And guys, I think it's we, we've waited too long. I mean, I mean, not we, we've we've sat and we haven't done what God's commanded us to do. Some of you are just waiting and waiting and waiting, and you're waiting for that right moment. Well, here's today's the right moment. Today's the right moment. Some of you this morning. The enemy's already kind of said, you know, that's a good sermon, but that's not you. You really can't do that. That's true. But the power of God, you can. Some of you are thinking, I'm just too bad of a person. God really can't use me. If I just get my life all cleaned up, if I quit this and quit that, start doing this and start doing that, 
you know. Then God can use me, but he's, I, I'm not really ready for him to use me. That's a lie of the enemy. It's as you're going. Nobody gets saved that's perfect. And listen, you're not perfect after you're saved except by the blood. So don't let the enemy lie to you anymore. Here's my question to, to you this morning. Listen to me very carefully. Overflow room, you listening? Okay. Here's the question. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm not saying, are you a member of a church? Is your mommy or daddy a, a Christian or a preacher or whatever? Or if you've been sprinkled as a baby uh, or any other thing, I'm asking you personally, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And more importantly, does he know you? You know, it goes both ways. You know, the guy standing, standing for Jesus, there's one, one great one line that this person said, you know, I've done this, I've cast out demons, I've done all these miracles, and Jesus said, listen, I don't even know you. I don't know you. And I, I don't, that's the worst thing you can ever hear. But I'm going to ask you again. Don't answer out loud. Matter of fact, close your eyes. Do you have a personal relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? Do you know him? Does he know you? Have you really surrendered your life to him? Have you really said, not my will, but thine be done? Because if you have said yes to Jesus, you've made him Lord of your life, and he's called you to go, He's commanded you to go, and you haven't gone, then you have not obeyed his commandments, you've not understood his authority, and you haven't walked in power. That's his desire for every person, including me, in the sound booth, in the overflow room, downstairs, every child. That's his desire for every person on this earth, is that we would have a personal relationship with the one true living God. And listen, I want to tell you this this morning. If you do, you are, you're not going to stay the same. I, I believe when God comes in and fills you up and takes over your life, that you cannot stay the same. And if you look today, just like you did five years ago, and there's no change in your life, you're still doing the same old stuff, you're still carrying the dead corpse around, listen, I'm going to ask you again, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Because that's the most important thing. Would you stand? Ministry team, could I have you at the front? Bow your heads, close your eyes, don't look around. I can see you if you're looking around, you know. Last week I asked the question, was there, was there anybody in the room that really didn't, wasn't sure about their salvation? Wasn't sure about it. One person raised their hand and that one person gave their life to Christ last Sunday. So I'm going to ask you with every head bowed and Every eye closed. Is there somebody in here that you're not really sure 
that you have this great personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So we could pray for you this morning. Would you slip your hand out real quick? Okay, okay. Anybody else? You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Okay, I see that hand. I'm not saying, I'm not asking if you're perfect, okay? Don't get that confused. I'm asking that, man, do you know Jesus? Does he know your name? I know the enemy tries to place tricks on people and tell, ah, you don't know Jesus when you really do. I'm not asking you if you walked in perfection since you gave your life to him. I'm asking you, do you know? Does your spirit bear witness with his spirit that you're his? second question I want to ask you is this have you been going and telling have you been sharing the word of God have you been sharing your faith testimony do you feel like you don't have the power to do that let me ask you if, if you're that person you know you're a Christian but you've never had that that boldness to go and, and to be a witness we'd like to pray for you this morning if, if that's you if you just don't feel like you have that boldness would you just slip your hand up Flip your hand up. Okay, anybody else? Okay. Anybody else? Come on, be honest. All right. Okay. That means the rest of you are all saved and you're all going and telling, sharing. Well, Father, you saw those hands raised and you saw, you already know what's in everybody's heart. So may those people that have said, I need Jesus, come out and Take a step of faith today and say, yes, I want to know Jesus. And those people, Father, that feel like they're lacking in power, that they would know about your power today, that they would receive the Holy Spirit in a new and a fresh way today. Today is the day. Would y'all just step out and come? If that's you, if you raise your hand, come. just come up. These people in the front would love to pray with you. Step out and by faith, come. Let the enemy win another day, another moment. Thank you, Jesus. Praise him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Some people are taking steps today. They're saying, I need Jesus. You step out and come. This is how we do it. I'm telling you, you take the first step. Jesus will grab you and help you come the rest of the way. Let's be obedient to him. Spirit's working in this place. Amen. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. I know it's not in the Bible, but it's good. It's a good word. The first day, because the Bible really confirms that, because he says, Behold, all things have become new. The day you give your life to Christ, everything becomes new. Maybe not your circumstances, but you do. You have a new way to deal with your circumstances. Anybody else? And you just, can I just be honest with you this morning? I walked for 30 years without being a witness for Christ, an effective witness. Didn't have that, the, the infilling or the baptism, whatever you want to call it, don't care. 
I just didn't have the power to be that witness. Because I'd made judgments against the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, you know, that's that weird stuff. The weird people do that stuff. But when God, when Jesus poured on into me at my house, and I fell on my knees before him, and I, I was overwhelmed with his presence, I got up from there a changed man. I'd been serving God faithfully for 30 years. But at the age of 47, he said, Harold, you need this. I didn't know about it. I, I made judgments against it. But that day, Jesus, miraculously, he just said, Harold, I got you. You need this because I've got a plan for your life. It's far exceeding what you've ever thought it was. So if that's you this morning, you need somebody to pray with you to be overpowered by the gentleman, the Holy Spirit, to fill you up, to go be a witness. As I'm asking you to come forward and let some folks pray for you. Don't be that guy at work that when something comes up about God or Jesus, you don't really want to, you don't want to be in, you don't want to be involved in the conversation. Be that person that, yeah, I know Jesus. Man, he touched my life. He changed me. He healed me. He delivered me. He restored my marriage. He changed everything in my life. Be a bold witness for Christ, but you can't do it on your own. You need the infilling, the, the overpowering presence of God in you. Just come up. We'll give them away just a couple of more minutes. A couple of more minutes. Some of you, thank you, Jesus. It's always cool when you see the hand raised and then the response. <laughs> you know, Holy Spirit's working. Holy Spirit's working. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? somebody and go ahead and sit, be seated. Just kind of keep your eyes open. Listen, we pray for people all the time. Wes, are you going to pray for fo folks today in the back room? You need prayer for healing today. We have this prayer room over here. We have the prayer room in the back. You need prayer for the Holy Spirit. We'll pray with you. The guys that we have like official tags, so you can go to those people that have a tag, a ministry tag on. You can you can be assured that those are folks that that we have uh, said these these folks were we, we've allowed them to pray with you because we don't you don't know everybody around you. So we just have people here that have been called to be ministers in that area. So if you see somebody with those tags, you need prayer. Yes, or my wife, she didn't have a tag on. I don't have a tag on. Jody didn't have a tag on. Amen. God's good, isn't he? One salvation today. Woo! Party in heaven. Just imagine on Sundays how it must be pretty crazy in heaven, pretty wild.
churches across the world. People are preaching the gospel. People are getting saved. You know, I did a, a, a study, and I found that because it's on the Internet, and you know if it's on the Internet, it's true. Okay, bonjour. Um, there are over 2 billion Christians in the world, and I'm thinking 11 to 2 billion. It's pretty incredible, huh? A third of the world claims to be Christian. Now, I'm, of course, I don't know how many. Only God knows how many are. But uh, 2 billion, those 11 guys in heaven are probably going, yeah, 11. It started with 11. It started with 1. It's 11. It's 120. Okay. I do want to invite you back uh, Wednesday night. John and Pat McCormick, uh, they come from Canada. They went to Pensacola, Florida, and they were ministers there. And in 2002, they moved to China. They moved to China. They don't just go to China. They live in China. And they've been working there in southwest China for 12 years. And so they, man, if you want to meet somebody that's on the front line, probably in the midst of great revival over there because of what God's doing in China, just encourage you to come Wednesday night. We have praise and worship for 30 minutes or 20, uh, 20 minutes. And then we have classes. And then the main sanctuary Wednesday night will be our our ambassadors from China.